Welcome to another episode of The Big Question, presented by Friends of Film, a podcasting in-depth look at a specific movie-related question. On this episode, we'll discuss who should wreck Mission Impossible 7. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everyone. I would like to say that I was not drinking decaffeinated coffee on Monday's show. It is completely caffeinated, but it is unsweetened. Oh, you see, you're lying. My mis- no, I made a mistake. <laughs> I was not willfully trying to mislead everyone. Um, but... Don't forget, you can get all of our latest updates on Twitter at Friends in Film. And you can find the rest of our shows, including Monday's show where I misled (laughs) the audience, um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just about anywhere else podcasts can be found. But while you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. It really helps. Yeah, so we're just going to dive straight into the big question this week. Who should direct Mission Impossible 7? Without really any rules, this is just like a perfect world scenario type of thing where even though Mission Impossible 7 will probably come out in like three years from now, which probably rules out some of our choices, mm-hmm. we're going to throw them out there anyways because you never know. Maybe some projects get moved around. Maybe Mission Impossible 7 actually takes five years to make and then these people can actually do both projects that they have possibly on their schedule. Everything is on the table. Everything is on the point. table. Um, and we just want to preface all this by saying that Chris McQuarrie, who directed Rogue Nation and Fallout, mm-hmm. is the obvious choice to direct Mission Impossible 7. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. He is who I want to return. He is who Josh wants to direct. And not to speak for you or anything. No, go ahead. You did say that. That's what um, I said. Prior to us recording. And it, it seems like the general consensus is bring Macquarie back or else. Um, and not to say there's not other candidates out there because there are, and we're going to talk about them. But in a perfect world scenario, I think it would be Chris Macquarie, but just for the purposes of this week's big question, for the discussion, the fun of it all, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that Mr. Paul isn't even technically announced yet, but it's definitely going to be. Uh, we just want to talk about if Macquarie, because you know he's already had to change up his style once to get Fallout to happen, so it was different from Rogue Nation. If he doesn't want to have to do that again, maybe he just wants to write the script and let somebody else come and direct the movie. That somebody else has the potential to take over this franchise. And again, with the Mission Impossible theme is make each movie kind of unique and different of its own with the director kind of leading the way. So there's a lot of different people out there who could do this job. Josh told me before we started recording that we have to have the same number one. Otherwise, we have to stop doing the podcast. Yeah, we're done being friends so and you know nothing th- about movies. This is this is a very big testing point uh, in Friends and Film history. It could end all right here if I say the wrong answer or if Josh wants to say the answer and see if it matches up with mine. Josh, do you want to say who the undisputed number one choice is other than Christian McQuarrie? Yeah, well, should we just say at the same time? Sure, we'll, count, okay. we'll say it on after three. So I'll go one, two, three, and then say Man. it. All right, go. One, two, three, Ryan G- Coogler. George Miller. Oh, no. What? Oh, no, it's over. No. It's over. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Oh, okay, but you said a great name, so maybe this isn't a total And bust. to be fair, George Miller is third on my list. Okay. But who doesn't want to see George Miller? I mean, I have Ryan Coogler. Very, uh, he's number he's number six for me. Oh my gosh! But I was thinking, I'm like, would he really want to do that? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, possibly. But George, uh, Mad Max Fury Road is the only f- action movie I would say is on the same plane mm-hmm. as Mission Impossible Fallout. I think it's better. 
Really? Than Fallout? I think it's better than Fallout after I've come down from my Fallout high. <laughs> and um, who doesn't want to see that man orchestrate Tom Cruise and the rest of the Impossible Mission Force gang? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, so do I, um, which I guess we should just... I mean, is Friends and Film over, Josh? Are we continuing No, on? we're fine. We're fine because okay. Ryan Coogler's a great pick, okay. too. Um, so, but yes, George Miller is a clear candidate for this movie as well. Yes. Um, I would s- still say Fallout is better than Mad Max Fury Road, Ooh. but Mad Max Fury Road is no slouch. It is <laughs> no. Uh, one of the best action films possibly of all time, uh, definitely the last couple of years, and it is all thanks to George Miller and because of the, the legal type apparently that's happening at WB, so George Miller can't make more Mad Max movies why not like let him just go crazy with the craziest guy on the planet like Tom Cruise and be like, it's just all stunts. It's just two and a half hours of just nonstop action. Yeah. And I think that's what we'd get with George Miller. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like if they made the announcement tomorrow that, uh, that Mission Impossible 7's happening, it's George Miller. I'm not going to throw a fit. It'll be great. Yeah. I'll definitely watch it. That's for sure. Right. We'd all post the what a lovely day gifts. Exactly. And then be stoked about it. And I mean, maybe we even get Tom Hardy to get involved then because he's like, well, if I can't make another Mad Max movie, Ooh. might as well go on board, he's be the, the villain of the Seventh Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. You'd be the cavalry role. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Um, but can we, we can go ahead and leave this sit there because okay. I want to hear why Ryan Coogler for you. Why, I to, I why to, number one? I have to make a pitch? No, it's, it's Ryan. Don't. It's Ryan Coogler. Just he share is, with me what he you is have. three for three. He made Fruitvale Station, mm-hmm. Creed, and Black Panther, and all of them are phenomenal. Yep. And it seems like he just keeps growing as a director. His movies keep possibly improving one after the other, depending on who you ask. And I want to see him just have the you know, the biggest stage possible. And yeah, yeah. that's probably Black Panther 2, and that's probably what he's going to be doing. And so he's probably not going to be able to do Mission Impossible 7. But if the movie takes a couple extra years and it's not going to theaters till 2023, yeah. who's to say he can't do Black Panther 2 and have mm-hmm. it come out in 2021? And then right after he's done with that, start filming Mission Impossible 7 sure. and get it out for two years later. I feel like that's definitely possible. And he can bring that spy aspect that was a very big part of Black Panther. There's the espionage stuff. And people were like, he should do James Bond. And I feel like that'd be a great choice too. But I also just don't feel like Ryan Kluger is going to get James Bond that's just my that's what my gut tells me MGM at, is at this point a bunch of losers so if he can't do that mm-hmm. i want to see him just like go to the next level and like one of probably my favorite moments of all of uh his filmography is the one take yes. in creed where he has to do one take but also physical practical action and i want to see him bring that aspect to Mission Impossible 7 and be like, hey, Tom, I've got this crazy fight sequence planned. You're going to do it in one take. And Tom would be like, I, I can do that right now. Four minutes long. Yeah. Something insane. It, it, Nuts. It, it, it could literally be anything. And Tom Cruise would be up for it. And I think Ryan Coogler's got that vision to be like, all right, I see what Macquarie's done. I see what Brad Bird's done. I see what all these people have done before. But I know how to do something different. And it, it would just bring a different, unique voice to the franchise. It would bring something like a 
person of color behind the camera um, for the first time since uh, John Woo for Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to see somebody, somebody else's kind of take on Mission Impossible and give us a new like political atmosphere to play with instead of just like going against the syndicate and the Russians or whatever they are. Like, yeah. Give us something new. Give us something different. And I think Ryan Coogler could absolutely do that. And if he did... As long as his work um, history tells us anything, it means Michael B. Jordan's coming along too, and that's great news because I can't. Right. I just want more Michael B. Jordan all the time. And if Ooh. in a perfect, perfect world, because yeah. that's what it would take for Ryan Coogler to direct Mission Impossible 7 mm-hmm. and have Michael B. Jordan on board, he would also bring Lupita Nyong'o on board, and they'd be the co-villains of the movie. Oh, yes. And them two versus Tom Cruise, uh, Chef Kiss. Oh, then, you know, you practically, you just bring anyone that Coogler's ever worked with yeah. onto that film. I mean, we get Stallone right oh, yeah. away, too, uh, for sure. Stallone could be the new head of the IMF or something. That would be perfect. Or he could be the... I don't know what he could be. He could be the villain, too. I mean, he I, could love, be like, I would love to see a sinister Stallone. We yeah, haven't he, seen that he could. He could be like a mob... Well, not a mob boss, but he could be like an underworld criminal oh, yeah. boss type of person. It's like super intimidating, and then him and Cruz have to fight each other, and that's the four-minute fight sequence oh. one take, and it's just like... Yes, that like would be come on, epic. Yeah. Okay. I I don't. This is. Yeah. I I have the name there. I I totally get that. Um. Yeah. I, I would be so here for Ryan Coogler as well. All right. So then, who is what? Who's next on your list, or just another option you have out there? Uh, this is my most left field choice. Okay. But it's Chris McKay. Okay. Brad Bird made the jump from animation to um, live action mm-hmm. with. From going from Incredibles to Mission yes, Possible, uh, Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. I couldn't say the name <laughs> for some reason. Um, and it turned out pretty good. It's the weakest of the new three well, Mission Impossible movies. In your opinion. Which is, yeah, okay, I believe is the weakest <laughs> of the three. But I loved Lego Batman. And Chris McKay, ever since that job, has just been fending off offers left and right. He took the Nightwing job, but then they're like, oh, well, no, we're doing that. What's happening. And now it's in development hell. And then he D- Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons, and then maybe that this property may be dead too. So Yep, so who knows what's going on. But I would love to see him make the move from Lego stop motion, no, it's not stop motion animation, but that, that mm-hmm. realm of animation to this because i think it's i I think it i don't know if it will move quite as well as brad bird because Mm -hmm. of that but the idea of meticulously staging out every frame and getting everything right Mm -hmm. that takes a lot to marshal and i think chris mckay will be great for that okay i i'd be cool with that choice not on my list um next on my list is i'll I'll stick with the marvel theme here okay go with two of the biggest directors in hollywood the russo brothers Mm -hmm. If you're leaving Marvel behind, I know they want to do their own stuff because they started their own production house um, with Marcus McFeely. But if you want to kind of spread your wings a little bit, I would love to see them get their hands on Mission Impossible because they can, again, take that political thriller aspect of Winter Soldier mixed in with the high octane off, uh, offense uh, action of <laughs> Mission Impossible. And you get, I think, a perfect combination of just over, not over the top, but just memorable um, hand-to-hand combat, action, political intrigue, all of those elements are in there. And since I mentioned 
possible like familiar faces they could bring over. Get Anthony Mackie involved, oh, yeah. uh, which would be fun. Or even Frank Grillo to be like a side character. There's just so much potential. They have relationships with so many huge stars that if you needed convincing for some reason, just mm-hmm. be like, hey, Chris Evans, come yeah. on board. And uh, I think it would be a great next step for them if they do leave Marvel behind. But they still need to like find a new blockbuster for them. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. They are a little bit further down my list because in like the realm of like possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more possible than not, though. I think they're yeah because they have nothing. No, nothing right firm after Avengers 4. Right. Like, so. they've basically said, well, we want to take a step back and do our own things, but how long do those things take? You mm-hmm. know, a year, right. two? You can only do move on. so many other seasons of Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you make a movie? That would be interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, hope well, not. You probably have to kick out Tambor. Yes. Uh, okay. I love that choice. Great. How about Edgar Wright? Yeah, on my list. Okay, awesome. Uh, no project as of this moment, although he's very heavily teasing he's got a Baby Driver script. Yeah, I thought his next funnel. movie was that Caterpillar Grasshopper movie or something. No, I have not known about that. We haven't talked about it. No, it didn't nothing official, but that was like when he was doing press for Baby Driver. It was like, oh, I've got this project, and I think he had one other one that he's like floating around. Okay, but if it's going to take five years to get this off the ground... Mm-hmm where they're going to p- finally pass the torch from a 61-year-old Cruz, which is insane that he is 56 years old. Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyway, point being, I think Edgar Wright will be great. In Baby Driver, we learned so many things about the guy that we did not know was possible. Um, there's a youthful, fun energy that he's got to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But there's also some really good drama, some really great characters, and if the opening three-minute number heist doesn't blow you away, um, along with just about all Anything the other else. one else, too, <laughs> about the film, um, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's all these technical aspects are real. Mm-hmm. They're practical. I don't think there's any use of CG, really, unless they're painting backgrounds. Or, right. You know, yeah, that was the only thing. All that stuff, which is basically standard yeah. for any movie today. Um, yeah, it was wildly fun mm-hmm. and w- was wildly successful. Not wildly, yeah. but it was really very successful. successful. So I think it'd be a perfect ad. Yeah. I mean, he already, he's obviously familiar with Simon Pegg. So he's mm-hmm. got somewhat of an in with the crew already. Um, even though I don't think Edgar Wright necessarily needs an in with any franchise at this point, sure. he can be like, Hey, I want to direct this movie and any studio should be like, absolutely. Yes. We will give this to you right now. Um, and yeah, I, I think he would be very good, a very good choice. Cause he has, he can bring a little bit more of a lighthearted take to the franchise where Rogue Nation and Fallout took things a little more seriously. Um, he can kind of bring some of the more levity and the fun back to it, but also maintaining the the fun uh, action of it all where yes. he can do that staging and like, okay, I'm going to map out. We're going to do this because we need to do this and then this and then this and this and this. And it's all going to connect the time to this moment. And yeah, uh, yeah I think Edgar Wright can could, would absolutely blow the doors off of Mission Impossible. So uh, one other name I want to mention, uh, the list of many, is one that uh, I'm very interested to see your reaction to. It'll All make right. one of our frequent guests very happy. Uh, I, just that I'm bringing his name up. Oh. C- Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I have his name on here. Um, but it it's weird to put him 
in that frame of mind because it's just not where he's going with his movies today. So it's kind of like, how do we know? We don't know what is on his, he has nothing on his plate either. He has nothing on his plate. Zip zero zilch. Like he could be developing a Marvel movie for all we know. Sure. That'd be great. Um, yeah. But you're not, you're not in. Yeah. I don't, I mean like it would be if Christopher Nolan took his, current style what he's done already mm-hmm. to that it would translate well in terms of the technical aspects mm-hmm. dunkirk if anything was a master class in marshalling all of these resources as well as just positing all of these elements of drama and tension mm-hmm. you know actually i would probably venture to say that Fallout is the first movie that kept me on the edge of my seat since Dunkirk. I would also say that Christopher Nolan's style probably holds itself the best to maintaining what Macquarie did with Fallout and Rogue Nation in the more practical, uh, practical but adult, um, more skewed towards adult nature of it all. Like I feel like he, he would take the drama aspects of Mission Impossible, but then also keep including the, the big action because What's one of the yeah. be- what's one of the best parts of Dark Knight outside of basically everything? Mm-hmm. The opening heist sequence. Yep. That is one of the best sequences in film history, and to see him get to do something like that uh, would be fantastic. Whether he can, he if he could bring Christian Bale in or any sure. of his familiar faces, whoever it would be, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy again. Uh, just keep keep the ball rolling. Um, I think Nolan could do. I, I would just love to see this be the next step for him because he's he's seemingly conquered so many different genres already but he hasn't done like a true action movie like the dark knight movies are the closest he's really come to those but even those that don't feel are like true action movies really um and i and i think if you would take on mission impossible he would adapt himself into that franchise and go action but practical but also keep the story and the characters and if we if somebody somebody has to follow up what Fallout did, which set an extremely high bar, yeah. and who on earth can do that possibly other than Christopher Nolan as like the sure like, all right, I have confidence that like Nolan can meet or maybe even surpass what Fallout did. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I have his name on here. It was number three on my list. Okay. I'm, I'm jumping around. Right. Now, so it doesn't <laughs> even matter at this point um, where they are. But in terms of just how they came to mm-hmm. me, you know, if they really, if you wanted to close the book on Ethan Hunt in five years, four years, three mm-hmm. years, four years, Christopher Nolan and if Jonathan comes back to help write the script with him, would be probably exactly who you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, think of all the fun they would have because they love twists with masks yeah. you know there'd be Ooh. masks left and right with a yeah. Nolan movie <laughs> the thing is Nolan just doesn't do levity well no it's all it's all very dry and that's fine Fallout is dry too mm-hmm. in a lot of ways but there's also off of beat comedy that I, I don't know if I trust the John <laughs> or Chris so we'll see but yeah really great point um I've got James Mangold okay. on my list. I know he's probably one that everyone will probably say right mm-hmm. off the top of their heads. Um, and in other ways, his busy schedule and all those sorts of things, but Perfect World, Logan, and 310 to Yuma. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. So good. Um, a lot of it's practical. 
cool, except for, you know, obviously X-23 isn't chopping people's heads mm-hmm. off and drone fightings and things like that. But I would love this. I think you could bring gravity to the situation mm-hmm. as well as give us some iconic shots, some iconic moments. The um, vibe would be a lot more heavy-handed and dark and dramatic. Fallout manages to stay above getting too dark, but Chris McCory in some interviews said he was ready to kill off <laughs> Ving or um, Brandt mm-hmm. or Jeremy Renner, sorry. Yeah. Um, in early drafts of his movie. So they wanted to go that way. So maybe this is finally the time to move that way. Yeah. And Mangold has a physicality to his movies that I don't think we've had in any other of the films. They've all been very... Uh, well, McCory brought physicality to this mm-hmm. one, specifically that bathroom scene. But... In, as in terms of overall style, he would bring something to it that I don't think we've seen before. Yeah, and he's got the Tom Cruise connection with Night and Day, That's which right. is maybe the the most anti-Tom Cruise Tom Cruise has been in the last well, six years. It's like winky, tongue-in-cheek, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's like he's, he's an undercover spy, but it's like him and the home life, and he's trying to like hide the fact that he's a spy. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's the tongue-in-cheek aspect of Tom Cruise is a super agent, but like wink wink he's he's just a stay-at-home dad or whatever and like that's his job and you know yeah. he he runs like a lumber company or something it, it, it's bizarre but okay. it, he does have that connection uh to cruise and somebody else who i mean there's a lot of people who have connections to cruise one i think the one that is probably the most likely this isn't like a dream world scenario it's like well if macquarie's moving on who's next up cruise is going to roll through his rolodex and who's he going to pick up doug lyman oh yeah doug lyman has done Edge of Tomorrow, which was fantastic. Um, him and Tom Cruise are lined up this other movie, Luna Park, I believe is the title of it, that is oh. supposed to be a future project of theirs. And so they are obviously collaborators, and they even did American Made together last year. So there, there's a familiar um, friendship, relationship, working relationship there that they want to, that they obviously like working together. So why wouldn't like Doug just take the next step up? And be like, yeah, Tom, sure, I'll I'll do this and take over because that's how Macquarie kind of got involved. Was he was like the script doctor for a lot of Cruz's movies, and then they need a replacement and they need somebody else, and Macquarie got the nod. And so, if somebody else, I feel like Cruz has enough say in this franchise at this point to kind of dictate some of these choices. So why wouldn't he be like, oh, you know, I would, you know, I would like to work with George Miller, but. I also know I can work well with Doug Lyman, yeah. and he knows what I want. He, I, I know what he wants we can make this happen really quickly and smoothly. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. And then, um, I mean, Doug was involved with the Bourne series for mm-hmm. a while too, and then was the savior on Rogue One. So there's, I mean, he's basically your, not so much script, script doctor was a good word to use because he mm-hmm. comes safe today. But yeah, he's, he's as sure of a bet as anyone in the industry yeah. um, for these kind of movies. Um, Different direction-wise, okay. I don't know how I feel about this one because I was in, when I began thinking about this, I was like, okay, who could come in and copy that style? Okay. But then I – so I skipped over this name. Then I came back and wrote it when I realized you had like 30 names. <laughs> um, David Leach. Okay. I, I don't know because his – I don't know. His movies are a little bit more. I'm, I don't know what the word I'm searching for here is, but I stayed away from it because he's. It's not. He hasn't done anything big over the top yet. But I mean, Deadpool, I mean, Deadpool is too. there now, but still, that movie feels like it trades on 
there's no real intensity to what happens. It's mm-hmm. almost more spectacle at the choreography and yeah. how they've shot it. And even though you can feel some visceral moments in John Wick mm-hmm. as well as Atomic Blonde, and that stairwell scene is as gruesome as anything. Um, I don't know. Even like as I pitch this, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, you're not sold it. on it. Yeah, I yeah, don't. I'm not sold on it. But it would be an interesting take. It would be. Um, he is. I think you know this is obviously a perfect world scenario because his schedule is much busier than Stahelski's is at this point. So sure. in terms of realistic options, he's not. I would personally rather, if we're going John Wick route, I would rather get Stahelski because I was more impressed with John Wick 2 overall than I was with Leech with Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde because John Wick 2, while it's not not on the same level as the first John Wick in my opinion, uh, it still maintains that world and the, the, the ferocity of the fight sequences. David Leach, he can still do those things, but both of his movies outside John Wick, I feel like suffer on a story point, Yes, which I don't want that to happen with Mission Impossible now because mm-hmm. McQuarrie has delivered some really great uh, stories. For sure. And Stahelski, I think, even though he's not, he's not a screenwriter per se, uh, I think he could still come in and handle the story aspects, not let him get lost within the action. And I think he's a little more of a balanced director is, than Leech is. Yeah, but that definitely Leech would pair well with working one-on-one with his actors who do their own stunts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the my favorite moment or favorite favorite moment from John Wick 2 is the stair tumble and then <laughs> the obvious reply when he gets asked, how'd you guys take, you know, film that? You know, and he's just like, one take. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was it. I was like, perfect. Yeah, and, you know, if it's Tahelski or if it's Leech, whoever it is, if that means Keanu Reeves gets involved, Mission Impossible is the oh, villain. Man. Sign me up. Yes, please. I, I'll use all three of my A-lists uh, sign-ups for that for Mission Impossible 7 right away. Back to back to back. Yes. Um, so another name I want to throw out there is uh, James Wan hmm. because he seems like a guy who's right on the cusp of just blowing up yeah. if he hasn't already um, because, you know, he did the Conjuring movies. Then he got Fast Five. It's kind of his breakout thing. And now he's got Aquaman, which, again, in a non-perfect world scenario, James Wan's probably not in the conversation with this movie because if Aquaman is great – that he's going to be tied to doing more Aquaman movies. If Aquaman's not great and he's not doing more Aquaman movies, then maybe he's not getting the call for another big blockbuster like this right away. Sure. So this is more just like, listen, maybe Aquaman 2 takes a couple years and he can squeeze in Mission Impossible 7, bring Jason Momoa over so they can stay buddy-buddy, and we get this like... Because the one thing I like about James Wan is he he has these like unique ways of filming his action with like the the camera movements and uh, just kind of making them really impactful. And I would love to see that take on the action brought into Mission Impossible, um, while also just kind of giving just a new perspective with Mission Impossible. Yeah, I can't speak to this at all, but that's an intriguing name. Okay, and yeah, you're right. He's been. I think he's been an underrated director because I've seen his horror things. Um, I mean, the man's a, a genius mm-hmm. in all of that. It scares. He's probably as um, deliverable as a director in that genre. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Fast Five. Oh, okay. Or Furious Five. It's Fast Five. Fast Five, whatever mm-hmm. they call these things. I know that, it changes. <laughs> I know. It always bugs me. Um, so I can't jump on that. If you seen it recently do you have a collective memory of, of fast five yeah of how it rolls uh, I, I saw it before fast eight 
Fate of the Furious came out, so a, over a year ago. One thing we know for sure, though, is that's the first movie with The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Three joins up. Though Fast and Furious is probably the closest analogy we have to Fallout or Mission yeah. Impossible and, in a lot and of ways. And he's got the, the highlight of that movie is the giant uh, chase sequence through Brazil with the with the safe behind the two cars and the cop cars are after him and the safe is just tumbling through buildings left and right. And it is such a fun thing that like the chase sequences of Mission Impossible have continued to become mm-hmm. some of the best parts. And yeah. it's another one of those elements that James Wan, I think, can bring in uh, effortlessly. And just to th- quickly throw his name out there too, uh, if they can't get James Wan, get his understudy, Lei Winnell, who just did Upgrade. I don't oh, think he has any projects yeah. either. And he would be another, he'd be kind of that guy to go from low budget to just career goes through the roof if he gets Mission Impossible 7. But I think he could do a really, really fun job uh, or a really fun take with Mission Impossible. That is a great point. I mean, never forget, J.J. Abrams made his feature film debut mm-hmm. with Mission Impossible 3, and it turned out pretty great. Yeah. So, and, yeah. <laughs> seemed to work out. Any name. Um, it, almost, it almost seems like a sure thing that you can just drop someone in with a vision mm-hmm. and the team that cruises and everyone at Paramount is kind of assembled for these films can just take it and run with it. Yeah. So that, that's a really great point. Um, I've got someone who is probably out of left field because she just doesn't do movies like this. Hmm, okay. To my frustration for some reason, <laughs> Catherine Bigelow um, is telling the best dramas out there. Yeah. But they're all rooted in like, she needs real world things. But she also did point break. Right. I know. But since then, that's like a that's like a classic bi- action movie. Yeah, but since then, all biopic stuff, really. Well, yeah, which is fine. She can do what she wants. <laughs> She's Catherine Bigelow, <laughs> Oscar-winning director. I would love to see her do an action movie. Absolutely, or, another sure, one. does action movies. I would love to see her pick do up the one. budget of a hundred fifty million dollar mm-hmm. film and take it to IMAX because the Hurt Locker. Detroit, uh, Zero, Zero Dark 30, Thirty, very on the ground, mm-hmm. up close, visceral, and highly entertaining all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then she could bring John Boyega in because yeah. they're friends, or I like to imagine they're friendly. Um, <laughs> and then as well as just a slew of all the other talent yeah. that she's had. She's already Chris worked Pratt, with. Exactly. Jessica Chastain, Anthony Mackie again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Renner who's already involved in the franchise maybe she'd actually be able to give him something to do yeah. in one of these movies which would be great she, uh, she would be excellent I think that if Jeremy Renner has a future kind of tangent if he has a future with Mission Impossible he'll be the new uh, head of the IMF he'll take over for Baldwin because it seems like he had that role before Baldwin did and then Baldwin came and like took over and if he comes back I feel like he'll take on the lead of the IMF but then also be a little more hands on and so maybe that's where Bigelow could come in and she'd give Renner some screen time and he'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll come back because you got me an Oscar nomination? Yes. Not a win. Not a win. I don't know who won that year. 2006? I don't know. 2008. Right? I don't remember. No idea. Anyways, but yeah, she was on my list too. So yeah, big fan. And yeah, it would give her that return to form to a big budget action and uh, maybe we can get some cool water stunts because you know we got some some water stuff with point breaks and now you can bring it all full circle maybe get county back in this way either Ooh. um so yeah Catherine bigelow 
big fan. Definitely uh, an interesting choice here. Um, another one who we just talked about one of his movies the last couple of weeks, Antoine Fuqua. That's right. Uh, I think he would be a really interesting choice to take because, again, he has the the history of both doing action movies recently and kind of big budget stuff, but he also has the past of doing hard-hitting Oscar fare and how he can bring all that together I think would be really fun to see with Mission Impossible. Bring Denzel into the fold maybe. That would be awesome. Um, I just think Antoine, he would. this would be like the the – the boost to his career, not say he has, he's had like a, a bad career or anything. Cause it's anything, but, right. but he hasn't done anything to this magnitude Yeah, recently. I don't really think ever. So going and getting paired up with this, I think would be uh, really fun. Yeah. He's had middling projects like Magnificent seven was fine. Mm-hmm. We think we give it like three tickets. Yeah. Three and, three and a half, half something like Southpaw. That. Same thing. Right. He's got, he's all he got the setup for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally agree with that. One this is my weirdest choice if I haven't done anything weird yet. <laughs> um, but following from Henry Cavill's amazing appearance in Fallout, I would like to suggest the man who directed him three years earlier. Are you going Guy- Zack Snyder? No, Guy Ritchie. Oh. No, 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 no. I have no, Zack no, Snyder no. on my list. Really? Just okay. as like the... I want. Are you I want just to, to torment people. No, like, I'm picking Zack Snyder. No, okay. it's, it, it is. It is. It is actually out of interest. Really? That I would. I'm just interested. Like his name popped in my brain when I was making this list, and I was just like, you know, I I would pay to see Zack Snyder Mission Impossible movie. That sounds different and interesting, and it'd give him something new to do where we can move on from the Snyder cut nonsense. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just get him on any project at this point, just so we can move on. You're not stoked for Fountainhead. Sure, if that ever happens, but like, it's it's not happening because I I don't think he'll rebound to become a a big budget name in time. But uh, I would definitely be interested to see Zack Snyder. But anyway, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, uh, Guy Ritchie. He did Man from Uncle, which is a very very good drama. Um, which is weird to see his work after it. I mean, I know it wasn't critically well received, but I had an entertaining and thrilling enough time in it. And would love to see him kind of pair up some of this. He's done some, she's into Sherlock Holmes films, um, as well as King Arthur was what it was. Mm-hmm. But there's these like Soddenberg-esque elements to his things that follow along with making plans, executing plans. And um, there are elements that we see laced throughout all of the Mission Impossible movies where they execute the plan as they talk about the plan, as they present the plan to their audience or to whoever's, you know, doing things mm-hmm. um so i think he would be a really interesting pick we haven't seen any footage from aladdin yet but um we will by the end of the year all bets are it's probably gonna be great i, I mean fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed or else i mean we haven't heard any rumors about expensive reshoots coming around no and- the only turmoil was the brown face paint <laughs> incident yeah, which is you know more cultural insensitivity yes uh but i think he could do a good job yeah um i will throw out another female choice another obvious one i think patty jenkins mm-hmm. yep. i mean come on who wouldn't want to see patty jenkins step up onto the mission impossible playing field because wonder Woman was great uh monster is great she's looks i mean all indications so far she's doing great things with Wonder Woman in 1984 and that movie will be done and out in theaters by the time, realistically, that Mission Impossible 
Seven will have to like get moving. So mm-hmm. she's an actual realistic choice, I think, if yeah. she wants to do something to get a little bit of a break from DC just for like a moment, like do Mission Impossible 7 and then jump back into Wonder Woman 3 or something. Yeah. And uh, maybe we get Gal as an international spy. Uh, there's just, I think, potential that uh, I would love to see what a female director would do with Mission Impossible, just like Catherine Bigelow. You know, what What happens next with Elsa Faust? Like, does she become more of a prominent fixture instead of like the B-list uh, supporting character? Um, even though she, I mean, she has a very big role in both Rogue Nation and... I think... Uh, or, yeah, Rogue Nation yeah. and uh, Fallout. But... Can we go ahead and move Rebecca Ferguson to A-list? Can we physically just... And <laughs> just take her up there? I mean, after Men in Black, who knows? She's she's boarding a lot of projects. Like, next year, she's got, like, three or four movies. Greatest Showman, are... Girl on the Train, um, another movie that I talked about 30 Snowman, seconds ago. But Snowman's terrible. Don't okay, even mention it. Okay, well, uh, so, she's in it. She is, but the movie the movie, <laughs> That is a the fact, movie, the movie, the movie is trash, that. yes. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Patty Jenkins. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that she'd do a good job with it. So, it's more just like, hey, if you want to have a great director, Paramount. Hire Patty Jenkins. Amen. All right. I've got like four, three names left here. Okay. But two are really weird. Okay. If I, I know I've said that like five times already. <laughs> they just keep getting weirder? I am, I'm interested in what this would look like, so I'm going to say it. But I've got Alex Garland. Yeah. Whose movies I have just so thoroughly enjoyed. They're intellectual. Uh-huh. They have suspense they have intrigue um but they've been lacking any kind of true intensity and i would l- i mean like well uh, I mean, adrenaline adrenaline. Mm. adrenaline my adrenaline never got pumping there um uh, not even during the bear sequence of annihilation come on yeah okay that's a good point especially as it walls out there's not a lot of action but there yeah. is still i would want to see what his eye looks yes. like under action. How about yeah, that? that's fair. Go. Yes, I would agree. And feel a thrill mm-hmm. rather than adrenaline. Okay, yes. How about that? So, yeah, I, w- I would want to see him pick it up because I, fe- I get the feeling that he's capable of more things, mm-hmm. um, but he's just sort of picking He's picking his projects that he wants to do Yeah. rather than like... Which is totally cool. Yeah, which is he's, he can do what he wants. Right. But I would love, <laughs> I would love to see him sign up for something super ambitious Mm -hmm. because I feel like he's going to have to do a studio movie after Annihilation got dumped by Paramount. I mean, maybe, or he'll have to do another mid budget movie to prove that he's worthy of, I mean, Annihilation opened up to great reviews, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm saying box office wise, you know, right. He's got to do that four quadrant. Yeah. Which he hasn't done yet. So, um, one name I'll throw out there, uh, Matthew Vaughn, Oh, As, an this is choice. this is the, the last like I think kind of a list like big blockbuster name I have. Okay. They're all kind of either smaller or like obvious kind of choices. Mm-hmm. Even though I guess Matthew Vaughn could be an, an obvious choice just because Kingsman's one of the again one of the best action movies the last couple of years. Um, whether it's Colin Firth, Taron Egerton, he's got names he could bring into the franchise and oh, make yeah. things really fun. And I just think. After Kingsman 2, we don't know what's happening with Kingsman 3 or the Kingsman spinoffs or TV shows or whatever else they're reportedly discussing. That's right. And I don't think Matthew Vaughn, I mean, maybe he'll do like Man of Steel 2 or something, but I don't think he has any other big projects on the horizon. So, I mean, Mission Impossible, he could step in there and, again, give us that different action feel, but also maintain story, character, performance, um, all those different aspects that make Mission Impossible great. 
he can he can definitely succeed in those areas. Yeah, that that is actually one of the bigger names I don't have on here that makes way more sense than half of what I've said so <laughs> far. Um, definitely makes way more sense than what I'm about to say. Oh boy! But we're in perfect world situation. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how this movie plays out theoretically. Theoretically, but just because I saw this preview right before I saw Fallout for the first time, I have. Damien Chazelle. Yeah. He's making a move from being, oh, here's my little indie whiplash movie, even though it wasn't indie or anything like that (laughs) at all, but it was just a smaller movie. Mm -hmm. Then he went big on technical or big on production value with La La Land. Mm -hmm. And there's a spirit of fun, but, you know, there's marvelous one takes where just getting choreography and everything like that just right was all that mattered. But now he's stepping into suspense thrills experience tom cruise his big you know thing on his um, press junk at this time around was i just wanted you to really experience this movie that quote that's being memeified on twitter where he's like talking about his favorite movie but he just talks about the experience yeah. of movies that people are making <laughs> fun of him for i think chazelle would be all about that and i think it would be intriguing to see mm-hmm. what those two minds could come up with Bearing in mind, J.J. Abrams is still producing these movies, so he's, you know he's giving his notes of being like, letting Chazelle, a jazz musician, play <laughs> jazz with Ethan Hunt and the yeah. Mission Impossible Force. They get Ryan Gosling involved, and oh, it'd, it'd be it'd be yeah. a thrill ride. Uh, yeah, I I don't have Chazelle on my list, but he's definitely somebody I, I considered because like, I think if if First Man is Chazelle's break away from low budget movies, then I think going back to um, Alex Garland, that could be what Mission Impossible 7 is for Alex Garland's career. So mm-hmm. um, I'll group these two together real quickly because I don't really have much to say on them, but I feel like they're worth mentioning at this point because if it's not Macquarie and it goes somebody who's Cruz is familiar with, Joseph Kaczynski. Oh, um, yeah. After Top Gun 2, we don't know how good that movie is or if it's good at all, but uh, he is, again, that guy that Tom Cruise continues to go back to to work with, mm-hmm. and I think he'd be uh, a, a, somebody who's on that list of potential directors. And the other one, you mentioned him earlier when you mentioned Chris McKay, but Brad Bird, why not bring him back if oh, yeah. Incredibles 3 isn't happening or if he doesn't get Fantastic Four uh, from Marvel Studios or Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or whatever? If like I want to see him return back to the live action to and... He can do that. He can bring back Paul Patton finally. Yes. And uh, yes. we can just kind of kind of get the gang all back together. And I think it'd be fun to see him go back to his style or a version of his style after the very different styles we got with uh, five and six. So to see him come back, I think would be a, a fun twist. And yet, and he'd be the first director to return after stepping away. So <laughs> that's r- there's there's a brief oh, yeah. qualification you could make there That's for him. sure. It would be it would be monumental. Yes. To have uh, him there, and then JJ can turn for eight. Oh man, <laughs> you gotta wonder what JJ's gonna do once he's done with these blockbusters. He's been on a string of them, and then it's I just know. like, what do you do? Spoke- I, I almost put his name down, but I was like, no. uh, I'd rather not. I don't think I'd, I've already seen that. Yeah, movie. I've seen I've seen it before. It's great. Um, I just have one last one for me, okay. And then we can dive into what you have. But and I don't want to talk about this too much because I know it's impossible. But I just I had to put Denny on here, Denny oh, okay. move, just because. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> you you know, gotta I, I want to put my I want to put my best man yeah. on my list right here. Um, everything he's done is actually perfect. 
him and Garland occupy this space in my mind where it's like this ethereal plane where nothing they can they can do no wrong yeah. in my mind. At least they have done no wrong in so my far. Mind. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. We'll see how Dune shakes out. But all indications are it's good. But I would just love to see him take a stab at an action movie again. Sicario was so good and it proved that um, he can tell story, have drama. And then he went to Blade Runner, took that big budget and ran with it. So now it's time to do that with Mission Impossible. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to any Denny movie. So, if, again, if he was yeah. a choice, absolutely. It'd be a totally different Mission Impossible movie, but I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Right, perfect world settings. Is like Especially the, if that means we get Jake. Oh. If we get another Jill and Hollick comboed with Can't Lose with Cruz. I mean, come on, that's a... Mm-hmm. That's a masterclass move right there. When we play a perfect world scenario like this, it's kind of hard to be like, not a good choice yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> no, quality, boo. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to say no to Steven Spielberg? What exactly. Um, so I'll group uh, these two guys together, kind of, um, in terms of guys I think are really good action directors, but they're doing more like mid-ish budget movies that are I think are ready to get into the blockbuster game or in one case get back into the blockbuster okay. game. Peter Berg. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Peter Berg. I just rewatched Deepwater Horizon. And uh, he hasn't had that big budget movie since Battleship flopped. And instead, he's just been teamed up with Mark Wahlberg every chance he gets and mm-hmm. delivering some really great, true story based movies that are filled with action, filled with thrills. And they're also very visceral. And he's able to capture so much so much emotion in this action too that i want to see that aspect brought into mission impossible um so he's an option but also west ball who directed the three maze runner movies he is somebody that again he's 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 had those blockbusters in quotes but the maze runner movies aren't like super blockbustery they're like they're the teen drama young adult um kind of more low budget action movies and but those are the action is the best part of those movies especially in death cure which we reviewed at the beginning of the year yeah that was the highlight of that movie was all of the action whether it's the train sequence or the hand-to-hand combat in the in the building at the end mm-hmm. west ball continues to deliver some really great action in all three of those movies and maybe dylan o'brien could be brought in as the new potential replacement because he is a he's again he's one of those guys that he's not afraid to do his own stunts. he almost died doing so in on the death gear but then like american assassin all those roles he's very physical and i think he'd be a great kind of understudy for tom cruise and so if that was the combination to set off the new seven eight nine trilogy of mission impossible or something uh west ball i think would be a fantastic choice yeah and he doesn't have anything on his slate Mm -mm. not that i'm aware of all no nothing at least according to imdb all right unless he's ruminating on some projects that he's been you know, stewing on for the last, what, four years, five years, five years since Maze Runner started? Yeah. So, oh, that's a really great choice. And I and I thoroughly enjoyed Maze Runner. Have you, you've not checked out the other two, I right? I have not seen the other two. I DVR'd them. I just left <laughs> Had them Had it got around to it. Okay. Um, another name I feel like I, we have to throw out there is Jordan Peele. Again, one of those guys that he did. The, the the very low budget movie mm-hmm. and get out and now he's taking the step up to mid to low budget movies with us yeah but like just go crazy go crazy jordan peele like i want to see him take on this huge franchise and then for them to be able to say like from the director of get out be like what 
mm-hmm. get out mission impossible it doesn't make any sense but that's why it's great like it's just so different that i would love to see jordan peele you know get his name attached to something this big yeah for sure i would much rather take that than gargoyles oh absolutely although Still really interested in what the Gargoyles pitch was. <laughs> I hope that comes back around. Who knows? I mean, the, the word on the street is that Disney's just like, oh, okay, 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 thanks. See you later, Jordan. And that, that was the extent of their thinking of Gargoyles. Because you can't turn away a meeting from Jordan Peele after you no, wish won an Oscar. You can't. <laughs> so you just, you just entertain him. That's so, pat- listen. That's so patronizing. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. That, I hope it was him saying actually no i don't want to do this maybe left maybe we'll see um i think the name that is probably the most under the radar choice that Mm -hmm. i have which isn't even that under the radar but it's just a name that i'm a huge fan of i want to see this guy take the next step in terms of this big blockbuster movie bong joon ho the director of snowpiercer and okja uh he uh, snowpiercer is so thrilling and has such great action and I think he's one of those guys that just is on the cusp and he just needs that chance to break into mainstream movies. And if he, if he got that chance, he would be the next like huge guy. And I think Tom Cruise likes to work with different people, different personalities, different directing styles, different visions. And I think Bong Joon-ho would absolutely bring a different perspective to Mission Impossible than anything we've gotten before and deliver, I think, a very... Um, adrenaline-filled uh, installment of the franchise. Yeah. I could so get aboard with that. And I think a lot of people are this fall, next fall, next spring, are about to find out how great Snowpiercer is. Oh, man. Depending on how that series turns out. I know it's doing massive reshoots. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, point being, though, because, um, yeah, Scott Derrickson's involved with that. He, he was way. involved. Then he stepped away yes. when they told the guy directing. They told him he'd have to reshoot like, basically like most of his pilot. And he's just like, okay, yeah. nah, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, anyway, depending on how it turns out, we're all everyone's about to find out how massively under the radar Snowpiercer is. And it's a great movie with Chris Evans mm-hmm. with a beard. But yeah, no, like as you say, in, in terms of storytelling perspective on that too, that's a, he, the way he everything folds together. The front of the train works with mm-hmm. the back of the train. Yeah. They got like a theme and a theory that uh, oddly enough fits really well into um, the plan of the guy, Arnie Hammer's guy's plan in the movie that you just saw. Um Sorry, Sorry to, to bother, bother you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Anyway, point Boots being, Riley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know. I mean, he's he's put, he's put in uh, studios on blast for not distributing his movie internationally. So I don't know if they <laughs> they take too kindly to him at this point. But oh man, he would definitely give a, a very interesting perspective on Mission Impossible. For sure. Um, then the last name I have to mention, I okay. I literally have to. I think it's in my friends and film contract to mention this guy. Time a director. Um, job is open. Dan Trachtenberg. Oh, okay. Yes. He is. <laughs> he's the friends of film guy. We have to mention him no matter what the project mm-hmm. is. It could be who should direct the little, the little mermaid live action movie. Dan Trachtenberg. Yes. Because he's he, any opportunity we get to mention his name, to mention Ted Cloverfield Lane, to try to get this guy another job in Hollywood. Cause it's still ridiculous that mm-hmm. after the success of Cloverfield Lane, that he hasn't got another job yet. Yeah. Uh, it is, it, it's, it blows our mind every passing day that this guy's not hired to do something. So him doing this, it's just like, hey, I have yeah. to mention it. It has to be done. Uh, 
we're rooting for you, Dan, whether it's Mission Impossible 7 or any other project that is out there. So I I mean, yeah, to to my shame, I didn't put it on my list because I thought the joke was over. (laughs) Oh, no, this is not a joke. This is very real. Yeah, but I would very much love to see him do something else. Anything. I I just cannot believe like JJ would be like, you've done a great job. Look at this immaculate movie that's got a 80 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah something i mean it's 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 pretty high no idea anyway restored our faith in the cloverfield franchise as a whole it has a 90 percent on rotten there we go even more egregious (laughs) what on earth it made money at the box office at a low budget yeah i don't don't know i don't get it anyway john goodman could be the villain of the movie oh man just gone john goodman any role. I mean, come on. He could be the president of the United States. Come on, States. Hollywood. Oh, what are you doing? Sakes. Dan, you're the best. <laughs> Harrison Ford should be in a Mission Impossible movie. Okay. I don't know what he would do. Sorry, that was just I a don't know. I was thinking Jack Ryan for some reason. Maybe John, uh, John Krasinski could star and direct the movie because he's playing uh, John, the new version Jack, of Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. for the Amazon series. Either way, that's the end of all of my suggestions. That's in your suggestions. I'm going to rattle through some that we got from Twitter. Oh, yes. Uh, my buddy, Charles Villanueva, who makes amazing supercuts for the MCU. Uh, he suggested Leigh Remini, who is the actress from Kings of Queens. She's never actually directed anything before, but I was just like, hey, okay, sure. <laughs> hmm. Maybe he knows something I don't. Maybe he's seen something I'm not familiar with, but... Uh, how to throw it out there. Uh, mother buddy, Chris Compendio, he mentioned Doug Lyman, which we talked about before. So he's on board with that. Brandon Katz mentioned Alex Garland and James Mangold who, and Catherine Bigelow, who we already mentioned. Um, he also mentioned Lynn Ramsey, who directed You Were Never Really Here. Oh. And um, we yes. need to talk about Kevin. Two very different movies from Mission Impossible. So that take would be fascinating. You Were Never Really Here really con- connects with it, though, at least on the... Drama action level. That's yeah. Interesting. I've, I've not a chance to check that one out. I think it's on Redbox. I need to just go buy it or rent it or yeah, something. for sale too. Um, mm-hmm. And then he also mentioned Andy Muschietti. After it, one and two are done. Um, I, I think that, that'd be very cool to maybe not go full R, but maybe go a little more uh, creepy horror suspense route Mission Impossible. Or if, you know, he wants to do something completely different, Muschietti, and diversify his portfolio, then... Go big budget action, I think, is a great way to do so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then just thinking um, in terms of bad robot connections, Julius Avery. I mean, I know yeah. he's got another movie lined up, but in five years, he's <laughs> yeah. free. Yeah. That seems like Bad Robot likes him. So, And then the uh, last suggestion we got was from Jim at uh, Dodd Gerhardt. Uh, he mentioned Steven Soderbergh, Steven Spielberg, Bong Joon-ho, Edgar Wright, Doug Lyman, Ryan Johnson, Gareth Evans, and Chad Stahelski. So some names we talked about before, some names we didn't. Ryan Johnson, not I, – I mean, I'll be on board for it. I don't see him necessarily doing this. Um, I think he's unrealistic for a couple of options. Um, Gareth Evans would be a really fascinating choice because yes. that visceral action, uh, you don't really beat Gareth Evans. So um, – That'd be cool. And Steven Spielberg's probably unrealistic, but you're not going to turn down Spielberg and then Soderbergh would definitely, again, bring that different feel, but not going to say no to him either. So Uh, those are all the suggestions we got on Twitter. Those are our suggestions we got here for you guys. Um, If you did not send them in before the show, send them to us now as you're listening to the show. Let us know who you think, whether you think my suggestions are crazy, Josh's suggestions are crazy, 
anything uh let us know your thoughts you can find us on twitter at friends and film and then if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share retweet to more and head over to tunes and give us a five star review we'll be back next week with another review of the meg and another big question but you can find me personally on twitter at movie cooper and coops underscore hoops and you can get at me josh and just joshua ryan thanks and fortune to defense film podcast josh thanks for stopping in everyone and be sure to turn next week for our future episodes